hymn this morning is And Can It Be. And this is one of my favorite hymns, and you'll probably hear me say that like every week because I have a lot of favorite hymns, and I get to pick what I teach on, so I'm just going to pick my favorites. And uh, there really are just so many great hymns and great words in these uh, songs that we sing here in these messages. And we're really blessed to have a great uh, hymnal here that we can use for the songs that we sing here. Now, I've been to churches recently uh, that they did not have these kind of songs. They had other type of music, and it was just completely different. And uh, our songs, they convict, and they proclaim the gospel. They bring us closer to God. They teach us about God's desires for us and God's requirements for us. And and I don't really want to be negative about other churches, so I'll just focus on what we have. And I'm just thankful that we have a church with music like we have here. Uh, If you pay attention to the songs that we sing here, you will get a message in every single hymn that we sing. Uh, Today's hymn is no exception. And and really, as I was going through this, there are probably four or five full-length messages in this hymn alone. And uh, And Can It Be just has some wonderful words and and topics in there that you could really just keep preaching on. Uh, I did my best to get it down to under 40 minutes for us. Uh, for this morning, though. So if you uh, want to grab a hymnal, we'll take a look at the words to And Can It Be. It's number 186. So it's in your blue hymnal there, number 186, And Can It Be. I'll give you a second to find that if you're looking for it. All right, I'll read it to you. I'll read the uh, course the first time, and then we'll just omit it for the next readings. Uh, starting on verse 1 there, it says, And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Tis mystery all, the immortal dies, who can explore his strange design. In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all, let earth adore, let angel minds inquire no more. Verse 3, he left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, O my God, it found out me. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffuse a quickening ray, I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free, I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Now, there's actually some hymnals uh, that for that last line of the verse, it actually just repeats the last line of the first verse. Uh, in, in doing so, you're missing a lot of these really good words in that last part there. Uh, so I'm thankful that our hymnal includes all the words to the song. Uh, the last verse, five there, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne, and claim the crown through Christ my own. 
And again, those are there's just so many good points in there. It's, it's such a good written hymn. Uh, so we're going to look at the history first before we get into the spiritual message of the hymn. And uh, so we'll first look at the history of the writer, which is Charles Wesley. Uh, Charles Wesley was born in England in 1707. He was the second youngest of 19 children. His parents, Samuel, yeah, that's a big family. <laughs> uh, my dad had, uh, there was nine in my dad's family, and I always think that's huge. But add 10 to that, that's just crazy to me. Uh, we stopped at two. We were good. Felt like we were plenty busy with two. So, uh, But 19 children. Yep, he was the second youngest. His parents were Samuel and Susanna. And even his grandparents were also uh, distinguished citizens of England. And many members of their family throughout the years were clergymen of the Church of England. Uh, so he came from a religious home. Uh, Charles' father also wrote some hymns. There's at least one that has uh, been kept through the years, but he probably wrote more than that. Uh, Charles' mother assisted her husband in his ministry. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how important that really is. Having a wife that supports the ministry is so helpful and allows the ministry to be stronger and more effective at reaching the lost. Uh, I, I can't imagine effectively doing all the things that God has for me and my family to do without having the help of my wife. Uh, having a faithful wife is a huge blessing, and I'm very thankful for God that he gave me that blessing. Uh, I also think about Charles growing up in this family. Uh, he was seeing not just his father serve faithfully, but also seeing a mother that is serving the Lord faithfully as well. And for them doing that together, in my own experience, uh, that is very much like how I grew up. It's, it's very impactful to a child's life. Uh, I was blessed to have both of my parents uh, being active in my life, but also actively serving God uh, as well. This gave me a great example uh, to follow for, for me as I grew up, and it was a great encouragement for me to stay faithful to serving God. Uh, this also helped train me better to serve God. Uh, Charles grew up with a faithful Christian family, and they were actively serving God. And his mother actually took the lead in all 19 children's education and spiritual upbringing. She taught most of the children uh, throughout their uh, school years. Um, some of them would later go to school, but she taught them all at some point. Uh, Charles uh, and some of his brothers eventually did attend Westminster School of London. And after that, Charles actually graduated from Oxford University. Uh, so he was a well-educated man. Uh, after graduating Oxford, Charles and his brother John came to America uh, through their service in the church that they were going to on uh, at that time. Uh, their mission was to evangelize the American Indians, so they were going on a missions trip. Uh, I believe it was around one year's time that they were on that trip. Charles' life uh, changed because of this trip. Uh, sometime after the trip to America, which ultimately left Charles discouraged, uh, he, he just didn't uh, feel 
well with the trip and, and things didn't progress the way they had hoped. It just didn't go well. So he returned to England. On May 20th, 1738, Charles attended a church service with a small group of believers. So it wasn't a huge service. There were just a few there uh, at this service. Uh, but after this service, Charles wrote this in his journal. He wrote, At midnight I gave myself to Christ, assured that I was safe, whether sleeping or waking. I had the continual experience of his power to overcome all temptation and confess with joy and surprise that he was able to do exceedingly abundantly for me, above what I can ask or thank. Uh, so that was him writing about his experience of getting saved that night. Uh, it's amazing the, the things that we can accomplish through Jesus Christ once we give our lives to him. So this brings us to the writing of Anne Can It Be? Uh, in this same year, Charles Wesley accepted, in the same year that Charles Wesley accepted Jesus as his personal savior, uh, Charles wrote the text to this great hymn. Uh, it's believed that it was written just days or maybe even the day after his salvation. It is said that this hymn celebrates his personal salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we'll look into the words in more detail in just a couple minutes here, but you can obviously see uh, the gospel presented in the words of this hymn. If you had this hymnal, you could lead someone to Christ through the words in just the hymnal. Uh, now, obviously, I would always prefer to use the Bible, but I'm just saying the gospel is in there. Uh, you can also see the excitement, uh, the joy, and the amazement the writer must have had over his own salvation through the amazing work that Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, now, the last part of the history of the hymn here uh, it has to do with the music that is used for And Can It Be. Now, the tune used for this hymn is called Saginaw. Um, I wasn't familiar with that word until I started looking all this up. To be honest with you, I didn't know tunes really had names <laughs> until I started doing this study. So I've been kind of finding this stuff out myself as we go. Now, the composer of this tune is Thomas Campbell. Uh, and there is really very little known about Thomas Campbell. We know that he was born in Yorkshire in 1800 and he died in his hometown in 1876. Uh, in 1825, he published a book called The Bouquet. It was a collection of tunes he composed and then adapted to Wesley's hymn texts. Uh, this book included 23 tunes, all of which were given botanical names. So uh, all the names of his tunes that he wrote for that book had to do with plants, basically. Uh, the most well-known tune in the book was Saginaw, and, and to be honest, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, it, it's what was used for and can it be. Uh, Saginaw, uh, apparently, according to the dictionary, is a type of plant. It's a moss type of plant uh, that grows uh, basically like a real beautiful green color, and it has these like nice little white flowers all over uh, so some areas use it as ground cover because it looks so nice because of all the flowers. Uh, that is about all we know about the history of the hymn of Anne Can It Be and the, the music involved. We know that Charles Wesley wrote this hymn after his salvation in 1738. And we know that the tune was written by Thomas Campbell and re released in a book in 1825. Uh, so now let's move on to the spiritual message that is in Anne Can It Be. 
Now, in the first three verses of this hymn, we can see the contrast between the amazing, glorious heaven that Jesus was in and left to come to this broken world where he would suffer for us. We also see the mysterious love that Jesus had for us that motivated him to make the sacrifice of leaving heaven and coming to earth for us. In verse 4, we see how God brought salvation to us, and without Jesus, we would be held by the chains of our sin. In the final verse, verse 5, we see the joyous celebration of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ as our Savior. Uh, So let's take a look at each one of these verses a little bit closer. And uh, we'll start with verse 1. We'll take a look at the verse in the song first here. It says, And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursue. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Now, the very first line of this verse says that we can gain an interest in the Savior's blood. Now, the word interest here does not just simply mean having a curiosity in something. You're not just interested in something. Although being curious in Jesus and his shed blood for us is important and it is a good thing, this word interest here means a little bit more. It doesn't mean just curious. The word interest means a share a right or title in ownership of. That is what we're talking about here in the first line of this hymn. Charles Wesley had just accepted Jesus as his personal Savior, and he sat down to write the words to this hymn, and the first thought that was uh, that he had was that he was granted an ownership portion of the Savior's blood. Uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 28. We're going to take a look at a couple verses about the blood of Jesus. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. It costs the blood of Jesus Christ for God to be able to be our heavenly father. Now turn over to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Our salvation, our redemption, is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shed blood of Jesus, the sacrifice would not have been complete. Jesus willingly came and shed his perfect, innocent, and righteous, and holy blood for us, that we could obtain salvation. I feel that every line of this song is so powerful and it has uh, a message in itself. I feel bad that we can't spend 20 minutes on every single word of this song, but this first thought is just so amazing. How can it even be possible that we could gain an interest in Jesus' blood? Uh, That we could even be considered 
able to do that. Uh, it's amazing to me to think that God would even consider allowing me into his family. Uh, this is an amazing thought. We would do good to appreciate the blood of Jesus just a little bit more. This first verse also says that we caused Jesus' pain. Every whip, every hit, every cut, every nail that went into Jesus could have my name written right on it. Uh, but praise God that every drop of blood also has my name on it as well. Uh, Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. It was our mistakes, and it was our sin. It was our disobedience that wounded him and bruised him. Our chastisement and our stripes were willingly taken by Jesus. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for that. Uh, I don't want to ruin it all by saying too much in this moment. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, the last couple lines of this verse talk about Jesus' willingness to die for us. Go ahead and turn over to John chapter 18, verse 37. Take a look at Jesus before Pilate here and, and having a conversation with him. John chapter 18, verse 37. It says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one of the truth heareth my voice. Jesus knew before he even left heaven. He knew that he was going to die for us, and he willingly accepted the call on him to do that. He did that for us. So how could Jesus do that for us? Well, the chorus of this song in the last line of this first verse uh, tells us how Jesus could do that for us. Uh, Jesus had such an amazing love for us. Jesus himself said in John fifteen thirteen, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It is the love of God and the love of Jesus. That is how Jesus could be willing to die for us. All right, let's move on to the second verse of And Can It Be. It's uh, 186 in your hymnal if you want to take a look at it. Second verse says, "'Tis mystery all the immortal dies who can explore his strange design. In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine.'" Tis mercy all, let earth adore, let angels' minds inquire no more. Now, some hymnals and most song leaders omit this verse when singing this song. i got to admit, when I was going over this, I was not familiar with the words to this second verse because I think every church I've ever been in, they always just skip the second verse. Um, I guess if I was singing this, uh, singing five verses in a row is a little bit tough, but also the words in this second verse um, are a little bit more obscure and a little bit of a tongue twister. So maybe that's one reason why it's omitted. Uh, this second verse, though, it starts with a fact that we cannot fully understand the mind of God. Uh, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 11, verse uh, 33. Romans 11, 33.
It says in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Uh, we know that our human minds cannot fully understand God's mind. We're just not capable of it. God's wisdom is way beyond our capabilities. But this second verse in this hymn here takes it a step farther. Uh, it says, uh, in vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love. Uh, so first let's realize what a seraph is. This is a supernatural being. Uh, so it's not a human like us. It is most commonly referred to as an angel. Uh, then we must realize that this phrase starts off with in vain. This means that even though this seraph is trying, it is ultimately not able to accomplish its goal. It's doing it in vain. So what is the goal of this seraph? To try to understand and shed light on the depth of God's love for us. Uh, you can see, uh, I, I can't fully understand this. I don't think humans can fully understand, uh, and not even the angels can fully understand how God could love us enough to die for us. Uh, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9 is where we'll start. First Peter 1 Peter 1.9 Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets had inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom... It was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Uh, this passage is talking about salvation here. Uh, it is says that the prophets searched for and inquired about it. The prophets did tell in the Old Testament of the coming of Jesus and the salvation he brings with him. But even the prophets seem to not fully understand it, seeing that they continued to search it and inquire about it. This passage also ends with, which things the angels desire to look into. Even the angels do not fully understand the mind of God concerning the amount of love he had to come down for us. Uh, God loves us so much we can't even understand it. Uh, now, moving on to verse 3 of the hymn here, it says, He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace, emptied himself of all but love, and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all, immense and free, for, oh my God, it found out me. This, start, this verse starts off with the fact that I will never get over. Jesus left the throne in heaven for me and for you. Uh, this sacrifice alone to me is just amazing uh, to, to, to make that sacrifice. This verse talks about Jesus' grace and mercy, and I'm so glad Jesus was full of both grace and mercy so that he'd be willing to leave the throne in heaven for me. Uh, the phrase, he emptied himself of all but love, uh, how true is that? Jesus was nothing but love 
when he chose to leave the throne, when he chose to be a baby, when he chose to be limited by this human flesh, when he chose to be wrongfully accused and wrongfully rejected and wrongfully crucified. Jesus was nothing but love when he chose to give up the ghost and to die for us. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, it says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus uh, made himself of no reputation. This phrase means he literally emptied himself of all that he was up in heaven. But one thing he did not empty himself of was his love. Again, Jesus himself said in John fifteen thirteen, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That is exactly what Jesus did for us. Jesus had the greatest amount of love. Jesus is full of love. Jesus loves you and Jesus loves me. And that's what motivated Jesus to die for us and to get up off of that throne for us. Uh, This verse here ends with, oh my God, it found out me. Charles Wesley grew up in a Christian home. He went to church all the time. He knew the Bible better than most. Uh, Charles went on a missions trip. He was doing the work of the Lord, uh, but he did not know Jesus personally. Uh, I believe that Jesus loved God and his word, but he did not know God. Uh, he did not know God as his child and as a heavenly father until he gave his life and accepted the work that Jesus did uh, in, in that night in May in 1738. This is when salvation found out Charles Wesley. This is the very moment that he is writing about in this last line of this third verse. Now, I praise God that it found out me too. And I pray that salvation has found out you as well. And if not, I pray that it finds you today. Uh, Now, looking at verse 4 of this hymn, it says, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin in nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Now, the fourth and fifth verses are very powerful in this hymn. Uh, Looking at the fourth verse, we see the graphic image of us being in prison because of our sins. Uh, We are surrounded by the darkness of our sin, and we are imprisoned because of it. We are locked in a dungeon with no escape except for Jesus. Jesus is the light. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus can take us out of the prison we are locked in and take us out of that dungeon. Uh, This verse here, this fourth verse, has my favorite phrase uh, in all hymns, or at least one of my favorite phrases. Uh, It says, my chains fell off. My heart was free. Jesus can break the chains of sin off of you. Jesus already did the work. All you have to do is believe and those chains will fall right off. This is literally what happened the moment that I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. When I surrendered my life to Jesus, my chains fell off, and I was free from sin. Uh, This verse ends with the rising up and following of Jesus. 
And I, I believe most of us, uh, maybe all of us are saved here and, and have that uh, saving faith in Jesus. But this should also motivate you to rise up and follow Jesus. Uh, all that Jesus did for me caused me to, to de- desire to rise up and follow him. I want to serve God more than anything. After we get saved, we need to follow Christ and serve him the best we can. Uh, moving on to the last verse here, verse 5. It says, No condemnation now I dread. Jesus and all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Again, just powerful words in this song. Uh, there is, for a child of God, there is no condemnation for us to dread. Uh, for anyone who dies without personally accepting Jesus as their Savior, that lost person will be condemned and cast into the lake of fire. And that lost soul will, will forever experience an eternal death in that lake of fire. For a child of God... We face no condemnation at all. Uh, Turn to John chapter 3, verse 18. It says in John chapter 3, verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We are made alive in Jesus, and we are counted as righteousness through the blood of Jesus. Uh, This verse here ends with going to the throne of God. For a lost person, they will not be excited for that day. When they approach the throne of God as a lost person, they will not be excited They will not be happy. They won't be looking forward to that moment of judgment on them for their sins in their life. But for a child of God, this will be an exciting moment. A child of God will boldly approach the throne of God knowing that they are covered by the blood of Jesus. We can boldly approach the throne of God because when God looks at a believer, he doesn't see the darkness. He doesn't see the sin. He doesn't see all the mistakes that were made. He sees the blood of Jesus. Uh, it is only through Jesus Christ that we will experience happiness and true joy for all of eternity. It is only because of the amazing love of God and the amazing love of Jesus that we have the opportunity to be a child of God. 